Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today, I'm joined with Nicole Clark. And yes, she is from my TikTok account. Yes, I am on TikTok way too much. Anyway, guys, she is literally the epitome of why I do my podcast, uh, Spreading Awareness. And I'm just going to go ahead and introduce her now. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Hi, Leslie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Well, I tell you, I am so excited. As you know, I'm texting you going, okay, I'm stuck in your pitch. And I'm so excited. And you're like, okay, I'm at the doctor. I'll be there. But like, calm down. <laughs> it's it's just so funny because guys, her story, and I try to bring you guys some of the most incredible stories. And I probably say this every time her story is amazing because it is. I was blown away with where she came from, where she started, and now where she's ended up. So I'm just going to let her tell her story. And I will uh, chime in when I need to. So Nicole, tell us what happened. Oh, my goodness. That's a load of questions. Well, it all started. My dad died unexpectedly from a tragic heart attack. And that very night, as I was weeping and crying and couldn't get a hold of myself, my husband was like, hey, let's watch a movie. Let's get your mind off of this. And he put on the movie The Secret, which neither of us had ever heard of. We'd never heard of the law of attraction. We'd never been introduced to anything about your thoughts create your reality. And it was just like mind blowing. In that night, I felt my entire paradigm start to shift. Wow. Because I had been raised Mormon and I loved it and I had lived it every day. Eat, yeah. sleep, breathe Mormon, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and I still love it and I won't speak anything badly about the religion because I do believe that there's beauty in yes. everything and that... It was the right thing for me at the time, and I am very grateful for the way I was raised and the beauty of it. But there came a point I was like, wait a minute, there's something else out there that I've never heard of. It brought me down this massive rabbit hole that brought me from being a Mormon to a mystic, in a nutshell. (laughs) And that, you know, took several years of questioning everything, and I still was, like, fully into the church and going every week. I never missed a Sunday for, like, 38 years. (laughs) And then this is part of that you don't know either. Like I started having, when I was pregnant with my sixth child, started having this massive breathing problem Mm. where I literally couldn't breathe and I couldn't speak very long before I had to like stop and try to get a new breath. (laughs) And they thought thought I had asthma, but when I got tested, they couldn't really test very well because I was pregnant. And after my baby was born, Emberly Joy, um, she was our sixth child. We waited forever to have her. I always wanted six, and yeah. it took eight years after my first five children to get her. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so she was like our miracle baby. Yeah. And uh, then I got tested after that, and we figured out through several months of trying to figure out what the heck was wrong with me that I had some really super rare condition called idiopathic subglottic stenosis, which basically means my throat had constricted to the size of a straw. Oh, <laughs> and uh, I had to have like emergency surgery, like, you know, it was crazy. Wow. And, but the day I found out, I did a deep meditation to figure out what's going on with me. Like, what is this? I, because I truly believe that most diseases and problems in our body yes. are more metaphysical. They're something that's caused from our thoughts or our feelings or something. Absolutely a dis-ease within us, right? So I went into a deep meditation and basically through 
experiences that I'd had prior to that and knowledge that I learned about the throat chakra, our throat chakra represents speaking our truth. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I had been going to church physically, but been mentally out for over a year. And the morning I got my diagnosis, or before I got my diagnosis, I did this meditation and had it come to me very clearly that my throat was doing this because my soul was telling me to wake up and to speak my truth and to live what I knew was now better for me. Right, right, yeah. It's literally like my soul was killing me. And so I had to have this surgery and that was the time like that before I even went to the doctor and figured out what was wrong with me, I knew right there that I had to leave the church and that was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. Oh, I'm sure. Well, you know, because it is such a high demand religion. And uh, like I said, no, there's no shade on any of that. But it is high demand. And you know, some are more than others. And there's a lot expected of you guys. And that's what's kind of sad, because it's hard to live a full life when your whole life revolves around a certain way of doing things and a certain way of thinking, um, specifically in one tunnel vision you know, no expansion, none of that. It's just no thinking outside the box, no critical thinking for yourself. So I can only imagine how hard that was. Uh, the critical thinking thing became the critical factor for my mm. cracking the code. You know, really? like, yeah. it, it really got to the point where I literally felt like I had been on the Truman Show my whole life oh. and <laughs> where I was just living in my own little bubble and I thought it was beautiful, right? And right. then no. yeah. I found this exit and it was just like, what? Yes. <laughs> and it was just blindsided and... Oh, it's scary. What I think is so incredible too, um, Nicole, is the fact that you recognized it because for a Mormon, let's be honest, to be meditating at all um, is already a little woo-woo, I think, in the way that they think, Um, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was already getting into really sketchy territory. (laughs) I I know, I know. There might be a demon somewhere in there. But yeah, like I said, the fact that you were already kind of knowing something was up, you weren't really present mentally there for that last year. And then your throat, what the heck was that all about? I've never heard of that. I know you probably have never heard of that. So that was your wake up call. Yeah. It's like one in 500,000 people have this. Like, it's very, very rare. Wow. Well, and now I see it as a huge gift. Like most people that go and have that surgery actually have to go back within like several, you know, they have to keep going back because it doesn't stay healed. Mine, because I think I have done the deeper healing and figured out why I was having that problem. I have not had to go back and I've felt very much healed. I still have scar tissue. So I have to like do a lot of deep breathing and a lot of things like that. But for the most part, I'm healed from that, which is a huge blessing because it was very hard for over two years not being able to get a full breath. Oh my God, I can't imagine. So now you decided to leave the church, but you're pregnant with your sixth child. So I'm gonna let you keep going. Yes. Well, this was about when she was about a year old, we had finally left. Okay. It was an interesting transition because I had had my whole life planned out and every day was structure. And then it went from that to, well, now what? Right. (laughs) Now I can choose anyway. And it's so different and liberating at the same time, you know, because you're taught when you leave that you're going to go to hell. And and, uh, basically, I'm going to lead all my down the wrong path and none of them are going to be with me now for eternity. And terrifying. And then about that time, we all went through COVID and Mm. the whole world's like (laughs) spinning out of control. Yeah. Everything slowed down. And, you know, I had my kids all at home with me, which was beautiful. I have six children and 
Emberly was like way younger than most of the other ones. There was like an eight year gap, you know, right, so yeah. most of them, most of them had been in school. So it was beautiful for them. That was really fun. So I, I had published my first book. I don't know if you know, I have a book called 10 Minute Refresh for Moms, Less Stress, More Joy. After my transition, like I started learning personal development and that was like a new thing for me as well, you know, like <laughs> learned all these ways to have less stress and more joy as a mom. So I published this book when Emberly was about four months old. Okay. And then I started recording the course for it that went along with the book and the day I finished recording it it was just like yay finally I figured it out you know had it all ready to share and then in that book I discussed recurring nightmare that I'd had and that I'd worked through for many years and it was literally this nightmare where one of my kids would drown on my property it would be my husband's fault I would blame him we would get a divorce my whole life would fall apart and everything terrible I could ever think of would happen Oh, no. That's horrible. Yes. <laughs> it was this horrible dream, and yes. it kept happening. And I would wake up in tears until I finally said, okay, well, let's face this dream. If this came to pass, what could I do differently so that my whole life didn't fall apart? Right. And so I did what I call fear setting. I went to the worst case scenario, and then I said, what can I control? What could I change? <laughs> what could I do to prevent? And how would I handle this in, in actual reality? Nice. So I did all of this mindset work and other things around this fear so that it felt less scary to me. Right. And then when Emberly was born, I kept having premonitions her whole life that she was not going to be with us very long. Oh and God. I absolutely hated it. I lived her whole life in fear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Oh, it was God. literally terrifying. And uh, every day I would worry, like, how is she going to die? Right. <laughs> it was like, what is this? You know, like, it's awful. It is, yeah. And, oh. um... I would be like on my laptop and, and I'd get this nudge, like, put it down and take a picture. You're going to want to remember this. Or she'd be playing with her sibling and it was like, take a picture. You want pictures with each of the siblings and uh. like crazy things. And then for her, I knew that the song You Are My Sunshine was her song. Okay. And I hated that song. I wouldn't sing it to any of my other kids because of the way it ends. Like, please don't take my sunshine away. Uh. Like, what kind of move is that, right? Right. <laughs> like, oh like ourselves, our babies to sleep with hmm, crazy messages. But anyway. Anyway, with her, I knew it it was her song. And I remember distinctly one day changing her diaper and we were all alone at home and I was looking deeply into her eyes and I started singing the song and I just started crying. And I was like, I was like, I'm really not yet. I'm not ready yet. Don't leave. (laughs) And she just looked at me like with this knowing. (laughs) And uh, sure enough, the day after I finished recording my course, it was just a normal day right before school started in 2020 in August. And I'd taken my girls and Emberly to the store for the first time. Emberly had been really sheltered her whole life because it was COVID. Right. And uh, <laughs> took her to the store for one of the first times in like that year, really. And she was just like, it looked like Disneyland to her. You know, <laughs> she was just like oh, bewildered. Like, absolutely. <laughs> it was so fun. And then we went home and we all had lunch together and the girls put her to bed. And I had to drive my daughters to a birthday party that evening. And... My husband was home with the rest of our kids, and I saw Emberly playing with a toy, and I called to her, but she ran to her sister because she likes her sisters. Yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. And I didn't know that that was the last time I'd ever see her alive. And uh, mm. as I came home, dropping the girls at the birthday party, they were an hour away. I was driving up my driveway and saw the ambulance coming toward me, and instantly I knew. Oh, I knew. Goodness. I knew in that moment that she had drowned. And I had to make a choice to either live what I had already prepared for and choose right there to not blame anyone, to not ruin my marriage over this, right. and and to be okay with it. 
to know that this was happening for me. And so I did. I made that choice in that moment when I saw the ambulance and then got to fly with her. Like they were able to get her heartbeat and her breathing on her own again mm-hmm. and uh, flew to Children's Hospital, found out that she was brain dead. And then oh, my husband man. and kids had to drive up two hours to come see us. And it was awful. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. OK, first of all, let me stop you here. I don't even know how you got through that. I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now. And I'm not blaming anyone. But in your mind, you already knew whose fault it was. And the fact that you came back from that. And I've seen your husband on TikToks and he is absolutely the same kind of belief system you have now. And that you guys made it through. That in itself is a miracle right there. That you can hold so much grace for your husband. That you can recognize it and know, okay, I've, I've been having dreams. I've been preparing myself. You knew on a soul level, somehow you knew and she knew. I'm blown away by that. So, okay, now you have to let her go. Yes. And I had that conversation with her in the helicopter. Oh. I, I was speaking to her soul and just said, you know, yeah. you have to make the choice and I let you go and I hate it, but we're going to be okay. Yeah. And, uh, Telling her siblings was the worst night of my life. You know, oh. that was just beyond hard. Oh, I can only um, And the next few days and weeks, basically just a blur in my mind now. It was oh, just crazy. Of course they are. And uh, lots of family came out for the funeral. And we had so much support, overwhelming amounts of support. It was absolutely beautiful oh. how much love you could feel and how many people were rooting for us. Yes. And how much pain we felt simultaneously. I learned at that moment that you could hold peace and pain and love and heartbreak at the same time and that that's what being hold means (laughs) being able to hold it all absolutely it was absolutely beautiful and then I found a psychic medium and uh really wanted to connect (laughs) like I had I believed that I could connect and really just was anxious to talk to her and figure out what's next (laughs) which honestly went totally against what you've already been taught your whole life Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. At that point, I had already been out of the church for over a year, and I was very much all into the woo-woo mystical stuff. And and, uh, found this psychic medium, and she told me that Emberly and I had made a soul contract, which made perfect sense to me at the time. (laughs) That this was, like, pre-planned before we came, and that she was only going to be here for a short while, but that her impact would be monumental. And uh, that we were supposed to write a book together. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> like, yeah. This is all news to me. <laughs> like, right? like, wait a minute. What do you mean a book? Like, what? I had no idea how to channel. I had never done that before. I had never tried before. Right. And I'd already had many spiritual experiences in my life and beautiful synchronicities that I share in our book. And so I began. I just, I, at this point, I'd been meditating every day and I had heard of automatic writing. So I started that way and I started trying, well, I I started talking to her just out loud, but if I knew it was going to be a book, I knew it had to be written down or at least spoken, you know, recorded. Absolutely. No, that makes total sense. So I'd just wake up in the morning and I'd get into a meditative state and I'd start typing. And at this point it was like maybe three weeks after she died, we started typing together and it was the most incredible experience. Like I just would start asking questions like, where are you? What are you doing now? Like, why'd you die? Like, why did right, you leave? You right. know? No. And, and you um, know, what I think is amazing too, is the fact that she barely gave you time to grieve. It's almost like she could, no, 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 nope. You're not going to grieve me because we got work to do, girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I 
<laughs> yeah, there was no rest for the weary. <laughs> no, I mean, you know. And, and one thing that I wanted to tell you, um, you know, we talked before we started recording because I had to reset the whole computer, guys. It was a mess. Anyway, and my listeners know that I can actually communicate with my mother now. And I call my mother because she didn't die. Her body physically died, but she didn't die. She still lives probably a more real life than you and I already live here. And I call her the incredible invisible woman because she just gained a superpower. That's all I, that's how I feel about it. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. I, I totally get that. So you're now communicating with your daughter and you're probably questioning yourself, you self-doubt the whole thing like, okay, I know I've been told this and I know that I'm supposed to be writing these words down, but somehow, some way you started writing these words and it's like you don't even hardly remember writing them. And you're like, she kind of just took the words from you and just put them down for you, right? Oh, yeah. It was like she took over my hands. And half the time, I wouldn't even know what she was writing. It was just like, it was just like coming through me. Wow. And I would read it to Nate afterward. And we were both just like, what in the world? Like, <laughs> that's not something I could have come up with on my own, you know? Like, but yeah, but that's what makes it real. To me, that's what gives it validity. That wasn't your ego. That wasn't you trying to control the words. You let go and you let her talk. Exactly. And it was it was a beautiful experience to the point where I was just like <laughs> blown away and asking every deep question I could think of. Because at that point, I was having major doubts. I sure. was I was doubting whether leaving the religion was correct. And I was I was scared to death, Leslie, of sharing this message because yes. of all the beautiful people that believed like I used to, who would say I was going to lead people to hell and that I was possessed by the devil. And I know, I know. Meeting with demons, you know, it was I terrifying. Because I could not in integrity share anything if I truly believed that it would hurt or harm other people. Absolutely not. Especially... Yeah especially for eternity. Yeah, and yes, and you were even catching flack on TikTok when people were like, well, you're not talking to your daughter, you're talking to a demon. And hey, guys, we get that. We all have been exposed to religion and people that really do believe in that and their way of thinking and all kindness to all of them. But we have to let everyone have a little grace with the things that everyone believes, including what Nicole and I mutually agree with about the universe and how God works, because he doesn't work the way that I think a lot of people, very religious people believe. I just don't think he works that way. And that's just my stance and I'm sticking to it. So you're channeling her, you write this entire book, but some of the things that you wrote, I have to have you share with my listeners because I was bawling listening to some of the things that she was saying to you. Aww. Oh, I was. I mean, because they're so true. And I think it's almost a valid thing for me where, yes, I think, and I know on a soul level, that everything that she says absolutely is true, because I know it's true. But hearing it from someone who's had this incredible, complete 180 life experience with religion, with the marriage, with family, with death, and you still came out on top and you still rose above everything. And now this beautiful book is written. It's, it's amazing. I'm in all of this. I really am. <laughs> Thank you. I'm in awe too. I'm kind of blown away by all that I've been through and, and who I am now. <laughs> right? Totally yeah, different person yeah. than I ever thought I would be. And I'm so proud of myself and yes, you should so be. grateful for this experience. And that's what's got me on a lot of slack on TikTok was I said, I'm grateful it happened. And people were just ripping me. What they don't understand is I don't think she's dead. She's here. Well, and she's she dead. has yeah. blessed my life so much. 
that I could not see it happening any other way. I wouldn't be who I am without this That's experience. That's exactly right. You could not have had the transformation, you, your husband, your family, everything, religion, had this not happened. You would not be where you are now. And, you know, you might have died from that throat situation. From what you say, not everybody heals from that. Yeah. And what it came down to for me, if I'm talking to demons or whatever, right? I always had this in the back of my head is that by their fruits, you shall know them. That's the scripture yes. that I was raised with over and over. Yes. And I got to the point where I could see and feel so much unconditional love talking to Emberly and going into this route way more so than I ever did before. I was very self-righteous and pious and judgmental in my old belief system. And I felt like I had to save everyone. And I worked every conversation I had. I tried to work in the church to try to make other people feel happier. And so it was just this ulterior motive to save other people. And now I share because I just love everyone and I want them so badly to feel loved no matter what they believe. Yes. If they're here on that belief system and feel peace and feel joy and acceptance yes. for who they are and where they are, then absolutely stay with wherever you believe. I'm not ever going to try to persuade somebody that my way is the highway. Right. You know, no, I, know. It's, right. I don't think there is any one right way. And that's the beauty of it, that, that everyone is right from where they're coming from. And that. when we start to awaken to, to new ideas and perspectives, sometimes we oh, maybe I didn't puzzle here. Maybe I only had a few pieces that I've been staring at my whole life and thought they were the way. And right. you can start putting the bigger pieces together and realize that this is just such a beautiful work of oneness, that we're all one through what I, I consider God's eyes, because we are all God. Yes. Then we really truly love our neighbor because we love ourselves. It's all about self-love for me. When you come to the point where you can accept yourself fully and wholly, no matter what, radiating and being able to see everyone through that same lens and it's a beautiful thing absolutely oh my gosh what a beautiful thing and it's true because i do think every single person that incarnates okay because i definitely believe in reincarnation and i know you do too we are here for school we are here to learn and to experience and expand that universe because god is experiencing through us my husband who doesn't believe in any of this but this isn't his journey his journey was to be disconnected more to see how that kind of life felt. You know, maybe in another life, he was, you know, somebody more like me. I don't even know. But why wouldn't you want to experience, that's another thing with near-death experiencers. One of my favorites is Mary Helen Hensley. People were asking me, why would I ever want to die of cancer? Or why would I ever want to lose a parent? Or why would I ever want to lose a child to drowning? In your higher state, without the ego, you would say, you know what? I would benefit so much if that happened to me. Would you like to come down and experience this with me? And when you understand how that works, Nicole, do you know how much less of a victim you become? Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> and that's like the whole crux for me was just this massive lesson of like, if I chose this before, yes. then the blame is all on me. And I love that. Like, I can take full responsibility yes. for that. And it brought me so much more peace than my old paradigm. Absolutely. Being able to say, oh, my goodness, I'm not being punished. I'm not being brought through this torturous thing because I did something wrong or because I'm a bad person. I chose this because I wanted to grow and expand in this particular way. And Emberly and I made this soul contract because her intention is to expand the collective consciousness yes. to help others who are maybe drowning themselves in a different belief system, feeling like they're not good enough, feeling like they'll never measure up, feeling just so overwhelmed and burdened with stress and having to do and prove yes. and, you know, trying to fit in. 
And if you can get to the point where you don't have to do anything other than be, mm-hmm. when you can be so safe and so free and so happy in your own skin, it's a piece that literally <laughs> surpasses all understanding. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's guys, this is this is why talking to her, I'm just nodding my head going, yep, yep, yep. Because it's just so true. And I know it in my soul. And I think she does too. Like I said, I became way less of a victim when I lost that little baby between both of my kids. You know, I was 18 weeks, my water broke and the baby was still alive. We don't know what happened. And I went through a funk. And finally, I just said, you know, God, source, whoever's up there, you know, I believe in God. I absolutely do. I think we're all God. But you know what I mean? If I have to think in my human little meat sack brain, um, it makes it easier to say those things. I said, you you need to make it okay for me not to know. You need to make me okay with this. And guess what? When I finally just asked for it, and when I finally just surrendered, literally, it was like, immediately felt better. And I was no longer a victim. I could smile again and go, you know what? It's going to be okay. I'm okay. It was meant to happen. And guess what? I think the one I lost is my daughter now. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I actually went through this whole thing with my coach and my psychic medium and all the people I talked to after Emberly yeah. died. Was this? I really, really didn't want to be a victim. Right. Like I had, I had a lot of judgment against victimhood. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> and, and when I went into the book with Emberly we discuss a lot of different topics, like so many, (laughs) pretty much every topic you can think of under the sun. And one of them was very much this, like, I don't want to be a victim. I want to be a victor here. I want to triumph and I want to get over this. And and Emberly was asking me, well, what's wrong with being a victim? And anytime we judge anything is wrong. Anytime we're, we're saying, oh, well, I can't be that, then we're denying a part of who we are. Why not experience it, right? Why not experience for the universe? What did you feel like when you were a victim, Nicole? Leslie, what did you feel like when you were a victim? How did you get over it? What decisions did you make? What decisions did you not make? Uh, What held you back? What pulled you forward? And that's all about the learning process too. So I totally get what you're saying. It's beautiful because when you can uh, be okay with being a victim or being a victor and not having to judge either or anything that you are as bad or wrong, you feel at peace with it and then you don't need it anymore. Right. (laughs) It's a weird thing that happens like when you accept an emotion and you allow it to move through your body instead of judging it as wrong and numbing from it and hiding from it and pushing it down the road for months and years and causing disease in your body. If you can just allow it to be without judging it and just experience it, it's such a liberating thing. Because, you know, we're human. We're, you know, let your human be human. Exactly. That's why we come to experience these things. Like she tells me in this book over and over is that, you know, we come here. Part of the reason is to feel pain. Like it's exciting at a soul level to experience pain because we don't have that where she is. She calls it all that is. And she says, it's just love and light and beauty all the time. And so we want contrast. We go to earth to feel the really low lows so that when we have the high highs, they're even more exciting. Right. You know, I was listening to this woman who was being interviewed and she said, you know, I started out as this energy, this, this life force. And then God source, whoever you want to call him said, Hey, would you like to go to earth and experience love and heartache and joy and euphoria and disappointment, but experience that just for a blip? Would you like to go down and experience all those lovely things? And she said, yeah, yeah, I really would. You know, we all decided to come here. We all had conversations with God and contracts with our loved ones or whatever. And yes, that's, that's the whole point of talking about this because guys, you know, at least in my belief, and at least I think in Nicole's belief, we're here for a very short time. 
but we're here to experience good and bad and, and evil and joy and, and fun and laughter and everything that we can, because in spirit form, we don't, we don't have the body. We don't have that. So it makes total sense, but keep going. So tell me some of the questions you asked your daughter and how she answered them. Well, I'll just tell you some of the things that stand out in my mind of the things that I learned the most from her. <laughs> yes. When I was going through my grief process, it was terribly hard and lonely. And I remember just crying and crying, like, why do we have to go through so much pain? You know, what the heck is the point? Right. And she basically told me that pain can be just as pleasurable on a soul level as as pleasure can be, as joy can be. Right. And to allow myself to feel all of those depths of despair and loneliness and hopelessness and all the things because my soul was gaining so much from that. Right. And the wholeness was gaining so much from that. And, you know, to enjoy the hard things. And she said that one of the things that stands out is like, Earth is literally like the Disneyland of the universe. And wow. We come here because it sounds so exciting at a, on a soul level. We're just like, yay! Yeah. <laughs> so and then we, and we plan these hard things in there because we're like, ooh, wouldn't it be fun if, like, I don't know, I experienced something totally horrible and then used it to help the greater good? You know, that'd be awesome. Exactly. And, yeah. and then when we come here, we're like, um, What the heck was I thinking? You know, <laughs> there are long lines that take forever to get to a ride, right? You think of the Disneyland illusion here where right. you go there and you stand in this horrible heat for hours <laughs> for like a few minutes of entertainment and then you go do it again and again. Exactly. <laughs> and you're miserable most of the day, but most people come away from Disneyland with only good memories and happiness, right? And right. That's basically how she said earth life is on a soul level. We go there for the highs and the lows. Like roller coasters wouldn't be as fun if you were just going up, 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 up. Right. And it certainly wouldn't be exciting if you didn't go down ever. So we come here to experience all of it. And it's supposed to be fun. And that's one of the other huge messages is that to make it fun, mom. Yes. It's literally like you're here for fun. You're not here to prove anything. You're not here to check off boxes to make sure that you're worthy to come back. You're not there to need to succeed. There's no need to do anything. The one thing that we want you to do is to be you. And when you really can align with who you came here to be. Right. And that doesn't mean anyone else's plan. It's your individual plan. Like that goes back to me speaking my own truth and finding out who I am. Right. And not being afraid to express that because I'm an individual expression of all that is. And all of us are. And that was one of the beautiful things that she taught me when we were writing this book. I talked about on my TikTok about how I went to a dark room. Yes. And this was about a year after we had written it. I was still terrified to share it. I really just didn't want to. I was too afraid of what everyone else would think of me and what they would say about these new things I had written about. Right. And so I was called, my soul called me to this darkness retreat. And I went to Ashland, Oregon, which happened to be a, an hour away from where I grew up, which was pretty magical in itself. And I stayed in this dark human made cave 10 days all by myself with no light and interaction with humans or sound of any kind. Yeah. And went there specifically hoping to commune with her, to see her, to, to do something, to get answers, because I was terrified to share our book and I was terrified to move forward with it. And oh, it took four yeah. or five days in the darkness wow. before I had anything. 
<laughs> so, I told you, yeah, I commented on that video. I was like, I don't think I would ever want to do that. But God bless you for doing it. Because Lord, <laughs> most people would. It's like, isn't that kind of like solitary confinement? You know? yeah, like, right? Uh, right. It's like the worst torture a human can go through. <laughs> and I all I have to say is that it's not for everyone. And please do not go unless you're feeling absolutely called to do it. My soul was like, this is the next step. So I just knew I had to. And I'm in this place now where if I fear something, I know that that's the next step for me because fear is an illusion for me. And I was so afraid of Emberly dying, like so afraid yeah. that when it did happen, I actually felt this mantle of relief just released from my body. Like I just felt like, okay, it's happened. The absolute worst thing I could possibly think of has happened. And I'm okay. I'm actually okay. Yeah. Wow. And it was just this like weird, weird feeling because then I felt guilty for feeling okay. <laughs> you know, because right. you're, you're not supposed to feel okay. And Emberly, we discussed that at length in the book, you know, all the guilt. Oh, the guilt was so hard. hard right. well, guilt and shame are, you know, some of the hardest emotions you can possibly come up against. And any mother that I've talked to that's lost a child has definitely said, the guilt is there. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I'm digressing from my first story here. No, <laughs> I was in the dark no, no, keep going. I really wanted answers. You know, how can I share this book? If I'm so afraid, you know, and what will people think of me? And it got to the point where it was such a beautiful experience that I was able to like envision being on like Oprah and Ellen and, and other talk shows and like just pretending in my mind, imagining like what's the absolute worst thing that somebody could say to me? And having people like in the audience say, you're a devil, you're a demon, right. or, or you're lying to everyone, and you're so deceived. And I got to the point there where I could say, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I am. I am <laughs> all of that, because all that is, is all encompassing. And each of us has wow. a part of us that is dark, and each of us has a part of light. And it's choosing in that moment to decide which one we want to identify with. And let me tell you something, Nicole. This is a woman, guys, who has embraced both sides. You should see some of the things these people say to her on her TikToks. And she's erased some of the comments because they get brutal. But do you know some of them she'll pull up and she'll make a video and they'll say, you're talking to a demon, you're not talking to your child, whatever. And she'll say, I understand. And she approaches it with kindness, the way I would think that God or Jesus or whoever you believe in would approach anyone. And say, I embrace you. I understand why you would think that. I understand where you're coming from, but let me show you what I know is real and do it with kindness. And sometimes I think you may change people's minds. Yeah. And you know, I'm not here to change their minds or to convince them of no. anything. I'm just here to share my aspect of the truth. <laughs> I, but I think that your actions would make people go, okay, I just need to take a breath here and go, uh, what does she have to say? Because she's answering me on a comment and, and it kind of calls that other person out, which is a good thing because it brings it to their attention. And just the fact that you're handling it with so much grace and so much love and so much tenderness to me, that might change someone's mind. Yeah, I mean, I hope it can help somebody. Yeah. Or, you know, that's my whole intention. And it's all so unconditionally loving. And yes. coming from a background where there were so many conditions, yes, it's very liberating to be in a place where I literally now can love everyone, no matter where they are on any spectrum of any belief. Right. And it's such a beautiful thing. And it's definitely more difficult. Some people make it really hard. 
And I've learned that those people are the ones that need the most love. I agree. They're the right. ones that are hurting the most. And what was, I have to ask you, what was some of the first questions you asked her that made you go, oh, wow, that I didn't even think of that? Or, you know, like, what do you do up there? Or how does it feel? I mean, what were you asking her? First, I asked her, how is this possible that I'm talking to you guys at 20 months old? You know, like, right. I don't get that because you never even said a sentence here. And so I really doubted if I was talking Absolutely. to her, right? right. <laughs> like right. I was like, I'm, I've gone completely crazy if I think a 20 month old can give me these amazing answers. Right. And she just reassured me. She's like, I'm not 20 months old here. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, yeah. I've returned to all that is. I've remembered all. I, you know, I'm, I'm here. And we are all one. And so some of these answers are coming through me. Some of them are coming from your spirit guide. Some of them are just all a collective source energy of love. So she's like, rest assured, I'm here and I'm not 20 months old anymore. And when you come back, you know, when I die or whatever, she can appear to me as a, a little girl or she can appear to me as an older elderly woman or or as a man or however she wants to appear in that moment. Right. And that was really interesting to me because I, I had always believed in resurrection and being in the same body for forever. And I was like, wait, wait, what? There's no resurrection. <laughs> and she's like, well, as a soul, we can literally just transform into whatever we want to appear as whatever feels aligned in that moment. Right. That was pretty mind blowing to me. <laughs> well, you know, and it makes sense because to me, that's comforting to know that they have that kind of ability and that they can show you the situations that you might disconnect from Emberly, but you kind of still know it's her, but it makes you look at it in a whole different way because she is presenting herself differently. Yeah, exactly. But it took me a while to be okay with some of the answers she was giving me and yeah. to be okay with recognizing that it was her <laughs> and being like, wow, my little girl is like this wise old sage or something. Right? <laughs> like, it was like I weird. <laughs> I, yeah. When I was talking to my mom, and I think I, I told you before we started recording, my my listeners totally know about my mom that I can communicate. Um, How I knew it was really not me answering myself is I was like, okay, if you're really there, what do you do? And she's like, I'm a greeter. And I'm, I didn't even know that was a thing. And she told me more and more. And I was like, wait a minute, can you see like Marilyn Monroe? And she's like, honey, it's not like that here. We're all the same here. No one's a star. No one stands out. We're all love, light, you know, acceptance, everything. It's all just a warm blanket of love. That's all this is. And you're just down there experiencing the good, the bad, the beautiful, the ugly, the everything that you can. You're on that roller coaster. You're on that Disney ride. And, you know, just like how Amberly felt that first time you took her to the grocery store, it was like, what? You know, so, and that's, that's what we're all experiencing. So do you have an excerpt that you would like to share with my listeners that she said, because some of the things that you say, I'm, I'm telling you, I was just tearing up big time. Oh, I tear up a lot too. Yes. <laughs> Um, yes. Before we got on, I actually asked her what she wants me to share. So Aww. I do have a passage here. Yes. It's like a page and a half or so. Yes. Um, so I was talking to her about, I, I'm an artist. I, I discovered art actually as another way to heal after she died. And I, I make like geodes and ocean arts and stuff nice. like that with resin. And I told her, I don't even know who I am anymore. And then she said, well, that sounds like an adventure. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whenever we take out all of our stuff out of the closet, it can be exhausting. We feel like giving up before we see the fruits of all our labor and hard work. We need to take breaks and make sure we are giving ourselves and all the things proper attention and love. It is okay to feel lifeless, even hopeless. You are right where you need to be and making the necessary changes for life to be and feel good again. And I said, but it doesn't feel good right now. I don't like it one bit. I just feel like sitting around watching stupid movies and eating candy. <laughs> and she said, is there something wrong with that? Oh, wow. 
in my mind, I feel like I'm being lazy. And is being lazy bad? Well, that's what the voices in my head say. Well, they are wrong. You are sifting through a ton of junk in your trunk. And it's great to take your time and have diversions like movies to help you feel better. There is nothing wrong with feeling or being, quote, lazy. Sometimes relaxing is exactly what a human needs to do to receive divine downloads and answers. You've had that happen when the movie you choose happens to teach you or confirm to you the exact thing that you've been wondering or thinking about, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, actually, it's happened many times lately. I always love it. And then she says, nothing is a coincidence. Even the, quote, random movies you are led to are orchestrated into your life for a reason. Mm. And I said, you guys have it all figured out and under control, don't you? She said, we try, but it can be complicated. Most of the time, humans don't notice at all. And I said, have I missed a lot of your signs? I wouldn't say a lot, but you've definitely missed some. When you are really sad and down, you don't pay as much attention to the details around you. Does anyone? LOL. Haha, good point. I'm just saying that there are always signs and answers in front of you. If you pay attention and keep an open and clear mind, most humans have too much clutter in their minds and don't know how to quiet the chatter to hear anything from us. And I said, I still have a hard time quieting the chatter as well. I get it. I know you do, Mom, and that is normal. Hmm. There is nothing wrong with you, and you don't have to quiet it all the way down to be able to hear me or us. Like right now, you are here, and we are here, and we are doing this together. Wow. You were having full-on conversations. That is incredible. And she even, they have a sense of humor, too. But what she's basically saying is, be a human. Be lazy. Eat candy. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that was a beautiful release for me, because I just came from this mindset of, like, I have to be doing something. Yes. I have to get something done. I have to prove myself. I have to make sure that everything's cleaned up and everything's perfect in my home. And she's just like, why? Right. Why? Why is that so ingrained into you? The need to succeed, the need to please others. You know, she's like, <laughs> it's okay to be lazy. It's okay to be a victim. It's okay to take your time to heal. Wherever you are is exactly where you need to be on a soul level. And that was so liberating for me. And I tell you what it is. And I tell you what, I love how you came to the uh, actual title of your book and you got the title. You kind of had part of the title before you went into that dark retreat, that darkness retreat. Tell us how that happened. Oh my goodness. That was a beautiful experience. That was, that was the most wonderful part of the darkness retreat, (laughs) receiving that download from her. So I had talked with my editor several times and we were trying to come up with a title And she mentioned, what about returning to all that is or return to all that is? Because all that is for me and Emberly is God. It's all of us. It's all encompassing. Every single thing that exists is part of all that is, right? Right. (laughs) That's like the definition of that phrase. So I went into the dark room thinking, okay, that's pretty good. I like it. You know, returning is basically what Emberly did. She returned there. and, And my editor was like, when you read this book, it's literally like you returning to who you are, like you're remembering things, right. you know, she, she said, it's it's like this journey, I can see you from the beginning, and to the end of the book, and how completely different you are. And so I go into the dark room, four or five days after being just completely alone and silent with my thoughts and wondering what the heck I'm doing here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I finally, finally get an answer from Emberly. I was talking to her about the title. And she said, Mom, you can't return to all that is. You are now, always have been, and always will be an Mm. integral part of all that is. She said it's more of a remembering. Mm. And she said, name the book, Remember All It Is, and Highlight the Ember. And and then she went on, 
it's, it's such a beautiful experience to me that I cry every time because you went on. I understand. Um, to explain that an ember is like a piece of a fire that has been separated from the wholeness. Mm. And oftentimes, you know, it looks like it's dead from far away, but with a little attention and a little life, you can bring it back to a full-fledged fire. And she said that's how each of us are. Wow. We feel separate from the whole. And when we remember who we are, when we remember our worth, when we remember why we came here and and what we're here to do, we come back to the fullness of all that is and we remember who we are. So we come back to life. (laughs) And that was how we named our book. And I just feel like it's such a powerful title. Even if people don't understand that, when they hear the story behind it, they'll understand. (laughs) Yes. Yes, because it's such a good analogy. It's such a spot on analogy of, you know, we come here and we don't remember we come here with amnesia. We don't know. We don't know we're connected to always source God, the other side, whatever, however you describe it. And we're all always connected. Even if we came into this life to be disconnected, mm-hmm. we're still connected. And let me ask you this. Did you ever ask Emberly? This just came in my mind. And I don't know if you have an answer. Did you ever ask Emberly what happens to people that are serial killers and murderers or Hitlers. Did you ask her those things? Yep. I, I believe I did. (laughs) And they return to love and they are loved for the part that they chose to play. And I actually had read a book before any of this happened and it was called radical forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And between that book and your soul's plan and everything that Emberly has taught me, I've come to this place where the villains of our world, Emberly talks about the villains a lot, are just as necessary as the heroes. And without them, we would not learn and grow at the soul level that we desire. Mm. And the villains are actually on a soul level many times people that were so advanced that were willing to come and do horrific things to help the collective good. And when you can switch your mindset... To see these villains as people that probably some of your best friends on a soul level, you know, like you think about the people that did you wrong in your life or the people that hurt you the most. And when you can see them through a a lens of like, well, maybe I had a a contract with them and they volunteered to to play this evil role in my life so that I could come to who I am now. Because most of us, we wouldn't be who we are now without those villains. And every single good book or movie we watch has a hero's journey. And every hero's journey requires some kind of circumstance or villain that rocks the boat, that makes them question everything or that makes them hurt or have pain. Wow. And where would our life be without those people? No, and I do, I, I totally agree with you. And I do think that we do have contracts with them. I think sometimes they volunteer, okay, you really want to be abused by me? Okay, I'll agree to do that. Uh, but remember, you know, but I think when you're up there, you don't think like a human. You are not. You don't have that no, ego. No, no. <laughs> In so. fact, we think very differently than humans. And then when we get down here, we're like, why the heck would I ever choose that? I know. And, and and this has come up so many times on my podcast. It's like, I would never choose that. Yeah, you would when you're in that perfect state. And I do think sometimes people derail and they, they do or don't do things that they were maybe supposed to do or whatever. Um, but I also think people that um, can't be reformed like the Hitlers or not even those, whoever, I think everybody can. I do think there's probably a healing process that they probably have to go through before they 
step into the bigger light of God or all of us collectively. I bet you there's some kind of healing oh, area. Sure. That would just be so traumatic. Yeah, no, it, it would have to be, think you know, especially if they signed up for it. So yeah, but girl, I may have to have you back on because I didn't even get to half the questions I have for you. Um, but I, 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 I'm not even kidding because I can learn so much through your sweet daughter. I want to pounce on that and get on that and say, Emberly, tell me more. I mean, I could talk to psychics all day long. I get really good information from them. And on a soul level, they're right too. But she's there and she's able to tell us more than maybe um, we've ever heard. Maybe. I mean, I think that this book is going to be pretty (laughs) mind-blowing to a lot of people. It might trigger a lot of things in a lot of people, bring a lot of awareness and help people really remember who they are and really love they are and healed because of it. Right. And I, that's exactly what I want with this podcast and spreading awareness. And guys, Nicole's book is called Remember All That Is. And I tell you what, I'm going to go get as soon as it comes out. I think it comes out on her birthday, which is December 6th. When this airs, it will be uh, absolutely out. It'll be about three weeks from now or so. It'll be more toward Christmas when this airs, which I think is kind of a perfect Christmas present to you guys. It's going to be around or uh, between Christmas and New Year or something like that um, before this airs. But I tell you what, Nicole, you have been one of my favorite guests. I have to say, I'm just, I'm, I'm blown away by you. And thank you so much for your time today. It's been a blessing. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one-woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.